This is the Ag Queen Podcast. This podcast explores the agriculture industry with the movers and shakers of those shaping it. Here's your host, Lori Boyer. Today's podcast is being brought to you by Mystic Lubricants. For a look at their full range of top quality products, visit mysticlubes.com. I am joined by Erin Carney, and she is the incoming executive vice president of the Colorado Cattlemen's Association. You and I have talked before. You are not a stranger to this organization, as a matter of fact, though. You've kind of grown up in the organization, would you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, I started out as a junior. Um, CCA has a junior Colorado Cattlemen's Association, and I grew up through there and then um, was a collegiate cattle um in the Cattle Women's Association and then um, came to work at CCA about six and a half years ago. Would you say most of your adult professional career has been at CCA then? It has. It has. I briefly, I was, uh, I worked at Agra Beef in their beef processing facility in Washington for about two years before making my way back to Colorado um, after grad school. Yep. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us a little bit more about your your background, how you grew up, where you grew up, maybe, you know, some of the unique things about you. I grew up in Los Animas um, when I was in seventh grade. My parents actually sold the feed mill in town in Lahana and were able to um, purchase our ranch that we're on now. And so we're in a unique position as it's always been my parents' goal in order to pass down that ranch to my siblings and me. Funny enough, I'm a, I'm a sixth generation agriculturist, but in our family, we've never been able to pass down to the next generation. So it was always my parents' goal to be able to do that to their kids. So we're working through that now and we're um, firsthand experiencing those challenges. But the family ranch is a cow-calf operation as well as a small farming operation as well. And then I went through all the 4-H FFA programs in um, Southeast Colorado. And then I was highly pressured by my FFA advisor to attend CSU. And I made one visit there and decided that's where I would attend. So I went to CSU in animal science and ag business and also participated on their meat judging team. I coached the meat judging team and then also was a part of the seed stock team. So in order to coach the meat judging team, I stayed on and got my master's in meat science and coached the meat judging team. And then um, I went out and to Agri-Beef in Washington, decided to to see something different. It, It was good to experience another um, segment of the beef industry and get to experience that final stage before it hits retail and just learn more about that process. And then I felt like I needed to get closer to home. And so the opening at CCA um, opened six and a half years ago and I I, uh, came back and worked for CCA and have been here ever since. I wanted to ask you something you said in there, your family not being able to pass down their farmer ranch, um, you being a sixth generation agriculturalist. Why was that? Is it financial reasons or or why was that? A lot of it um, was financial reasons. A lot of it has been, they had a ranch in the thirties and went through the depression and they lost mm-hmm. it in the depression. And then 
And then they had the, my grandparents actually had the feed mill business before this. And then um, we were partners on on a, on a ranch and it just has been a multiple, a multitude of factors. And it's ultimately been that I think it's, it's sometimes easier and I hate to say this, but it's sometimes easier to sell the operation than to try to figure out how to make it work or how to pass it on. And so that's kind of been what has happened in recent history is selling or getting out before passing it on. So I feel very lucky um, to be able to be working through that process, but also it was, it's been my siblings and I's goal and we've helped every step of the way in order to ensure that we're in the place that we are now. So very cool. Okay. Erin, thanks for sharing that piece of that story. That is really interesting. And not only that, but certainly you're not the only one that your family is not the only kind of family that goes through that. I'm sure probably happens a little bit more than even I realize. So absolutely. And I think it's, I'm in a unique position, especially at CCA as a lot of the issues that we are talking about is generational transfer and kind of just living it firsthand. I think it's, it's a unique position um, to be in. Yeah, absolutely. And as leader of the Colorado Cattlemen's Association, you will be able to say, been there, done that, walk the walk as you make decisions on behalf of producers at policy and things like that to deal with this subject directly. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Speaking of subjects, what are some of the topics that you are working on? And I don't know that we have to get into all the details, but just kind of maybe some of the mainstream things that CCA is looking at right now that you're dealing with, especially being so new to the overall leader of this organization. Yeah. As I enter this, this new position, it's, it's very evident that we're in some of the most um, complex times when it comes to issues. And we're, um, it feels like on a daily basis, there's a new one popping up every day, but some of the really big ones that we're involved in is that um, we just actually filed a lawsuit um over the key service providers um, provision in the ag labor laws or the um, ag labor work uh, workers rights, which was Senate Bill 87, um, which kind of outlined um, overtime minimum wage. And then it had this key service provider. Um, and so the Council of Rural Employers, which is all the ag organizations coming together, just filed a lawsuit and so to strike that provision and not allow this key service provider access, which um, ultimately kind of allows worker advocates to um, access any ag operation under this provision. So that was a big one. And it's a big one we're working through, um, as well as just providing resources to our members uh, under this ag labor um ag labor and what the new regulations are. Another really big one is wolves and um, going through that process, going through the process of one introduction of wolves and making sure that the stakeholders and our members, are, our voices are being heard through that process and shaping that process. And then two, um, helping a member family in Walden that is experiencing depredation due to a wolf pack in Walden. And so 
Um, I continue to say it's crazy that we're um, going through both kind of simultaneously. I really feel for the Gittleson family, but also just make, I truthfully think that we'd be having completely different conversations if they weren't experiencing, you know what I mean? Just um, how one pack can impact one family just so much. And so mm-hmm. that's just a huge issue that we're um, facing and a, a lot of time is being spent on that issue um, in o- order to provide input. Coming oh, in. To, oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I just thought I'd step in and ask coming into this position, being new and being young and, I know you've been there, but uh, a lawsuit right off the bat, uh, it's got to be a little scary. So like, how are you coping with that and kind of encouraging yourself to get through that? Because I I know I would be a little scared. Yeah. You know, I think what's really encouraging is that it's not just CCA having this lawsuit and it's a band of ag organizations coming together. I think that's what we do really well in ag is we band together when that when we need to and we provide input. And so I feel really fortunate also to be coming into the ag organization kind of family because they kind of, <laughs> we all work together really well and we all work together on a daily basis. And so they're there to, other execs of other organizations are there to kind of bounce ideas off of. But if it was a single, if we were doing it single-handedly, I would feel <laughs> questioning my ability, but also questioning my decision or um in questioning my um, ability to inform the board to make the decision. So yeah, I would say if it was just CCA as an organization, it would be much scarier. So that I would say any lawsuit though, and jumping into it is a pretty big step. So fair enough. And I think we all feel you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So as I set this interview up with you, I wanted to gear it also just being a woman in an ag. And I know this role is changing. There's more women leadership now than ever. And even in my industry, farm broadcasting, more women than ever. When I first started, though, it wasn't like that. And I'm sure even six years ago for you, it wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. So being a woman and being as young as you are taking over the lead of this organization, how do you feel people are responding to you? I would say that um, it has, I've had great reception as a, as a lot of our membership has understood that it is changing and that the world is changing and potentially um, in order for our organization to be effective, that we also need to change with the times. However, (laughs) I would say there's still kind of that perception and uh, getting over that hump of trust. I am young. I am a female. And they're just getting through that trust level. And I think it's doable. It's just maybe it takes a little more work uh, or it takes a little more to prove myself than if I was a male in this industry. But I think it's something to overcome and it's something I knew to that I would have to overcome in this position. And so I'm willing to do that. And I think it also really helps that I am, I've been a part of this association, but I've also worked for this association so long. So I know how it works. If I was a a female coming in um, new to this position and just taking charge right away, I think it would be, I would be in a completely different position. I think that is really cool and understandable. And the relationships that you've kind of built 
here in the last six years too, where you probably have a lot of support behind you. But I know in your organization, CCA has a lot of older fellows that you might view more as like a grandpa or even a dad status. So transferring from where you were to being a leader, how does that feel with those types of relationships? Is that good or is it a little awkward right now? I would say it's good. And I think you also have to know when when to push back on ideas, and especially when it's those dad, father, or grandfather situations and know how to push back or or just stand your ground. But a really funny story is when I actually first started at CCA and applied for the job, Terry actually called my dad um, for to see would she be good for this position or anything like that. And my dad had previously served on the CCA board and he's pretty close to CCA. But Anyways, my dad said, yes, she's very passionate. And secondly, you better watch out because she'll tell you her opinion and she'll tell you how it is. And because of all, I have three siblings, so there's four of us total. And of all the ones that stand their ground and um, usually fight with my dad, it's and it always happens to be when we're working cattle, it's me. <laughs> so uh, I have toned it down a little um, as I've gotten older, but I would say that has helped shape kind of how my relationship with my dad, but also shape my relationship with those members to help them understand where I'm coming from and to understand where they're coming from. So <laughs> I love it. That's a great story. And again, another good, you're really good at prove it points. That's a really good prove it point that I'm sure all females listening in including myself, have, have gone through something very similar to that, you know, yeah. where you've had to be assertive and have had to push back, I guess, if you will, to use that word without, you know, looking like the traditional crazy lunatic women. But I think yeah. that's changing so much as well. I'm not sure that view is near as prevalent as it used to be. We continue with this discussion with Aaron Carney right after this. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. How do you feel right now about maybe some of your insecurities? Are you feel like, and we all, and you always have them. They never stop, but they get better or they change. Do you feel like you're handling them well? Are you um, doing some self self care and maybe some self development to try to work through those and keep moving forward? Yeah, you know, going through this process because it's been about, um, it's probably been about a year process that the conversations have happened about um, transitioning to the EVP position, but also about what that position will look like and what um, the association will look like. And just through this entire process, I will say it hasn't been easy. And um, I think it's so easy to see the headlines and just think like, oh, that's awesome, but not realizing all the, the all all that's happened behind the scenes or um, leading up to those headlines but it's also 
yeah, I there's been a lot of insecurities of second guessing myself and second guessing my abilities. Um, and um, I think everyone, and especially women in these um, positions and in industry, go through that on a daily basis. But I think it's having a great support system around you to uh, to assure you that you're in your right position, you're um, you're doing the right things is number one and two really looking um digging deep and looking um and making sure that this truly is what you want to do and what i want to do but it has it hasn't been easy i will say um, it's been a, a tough um and just i think more than anything is second guessing your ability my abilities and second guessing this position or me in this position but Ultimately, it was that support system digging deeply and just um, reassuring that, hey, if it doesn't work out, you'll just get fired in a year. And, <laughs> and what's that? It, how bad is that? You know? Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. And then there's that. Yeah. <laughs> but and hopefully that doesn't happen. So <laughs> you're the first female executive vice president of CCA. And mm-hmm. What is cool about that, I mean, part of me is like, I don't like to highlight that because it shouldn't be a highlight. It should just be, you know what, this is what it is. It doesn't matter if you're female or not. But the other part of me admires that so much. And I feel like I want to shed light on that because you are making history for other women. And I want to come back to that. But talking about your support source and just kind of looking at the larger picture, at least in Colorado, you know, we have our first state commissioner of agriculture being female. You have a female president of the Colorado Livestock Association and Mary Craft. We're starting to see more and more of that. I think Colorado really is um, at the leader of some of those having our first in the females leadership roles we are. So you're right in there. And I think that's admirable. And I want to point that out as well. Now, when you are working with other women and maybe some others that are younger than you that might want to be following in your footsteps, like what kind of advice would you give them? How would you help them along? Yeah, thank you. I also want to point out, you know, I may be the first female exec, but I have three strong female leaders that have been presidents of CCA in Lucy Myring, Robbie LaValle, and Janie Van Winkle. And I look to them as to be real mentors in this space and this association. And yes, I am the first, you know, female EVP staff person, but I think those are three great leaders in their association and industry that are part of that support system um, and uh, mentors of mine. But, you know, I think as we look and the industry is changing and Sometimes you'll go into rooms and it's still you look around and you're the only female there, but you can't you can't get discouraged. And I think um, your work proves more than anything. And I think um, just sticking to the grindstone, so to speak, and making sure that you're getting your work done um, and it will ultimately get noticed um, and um, just going through that will ultimately get noticed. And so I don't know if I have any great advice uh, other than just be persistent and um, don't back down is really what um, I have to say. And what my number one advice, we have a fellowship program at CCA where, um, you know, 
just recent grads of college can come do a year a year program or a year um, kind of fellowship with CCA. And a lot of times what I tell them is if you're passionate about the association, about the industry, that will take you further than anything. And so mm-hmm. I think if you're passionate, you'll willing, you're willing to go that extra mile. You're willing to work that hard, a little harder um, to ensure that product is a good product and you're getting mm-hmm. it to the finish line. That's good advice for all of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good advice in general. But yeah, yeah get to- totally gearing that towards even uh, younger women. And you mentioned your mentors. I was going to ask you about that too. I think mentorship is so important, but I think there's a different mentorship feel amongst women versus men. If, I mean, I've had male mentors for a long time, mm-hmm. but it's just different. It's just mm-hmm. a, a different dynamic when you're with another woman. There's, a, I feel like there's more investment. Mm-hmm. in that mentorship. I could be wrong. That's just kind of how I feel given my own experience. How about you? Yeah, I would say, you know, um, I had, I definitely have male mentors in um, my FFA advisor, who's now the FFA foundation um, director, Dawn Thorne has been a family friend, but also a mentor of mine um, since I was in high school and it's continued on through college and now, and then I would also be remiss if I didn't say Terry um, sure, yeah. and um, just helping me navigate this, um, my previous um, position, but also as I'm in coming into this new position. And then as he kind of switches roles for CCA as a, um, and moves into kind of that strategic advisor um, and we're going to have to navigate positions and figure out um, our new working relationship, but he's kind of, um, helped me see, you know, what's been new is kind of board management, leadership management, and navigating how that works in the association. But in the female space, I would say there's a little more investment because a lot of things that I'm going through or we've all gone through, they've gone through as well. And so um, I think there's a little more investment and they understand what what we're going through. So well said. Yeah. yeah. And for those who are listening, Terry Finkhauser is the outgoing, outgoing EVP that, that Aaron is taking over for. And now, so essentially you'd be his boss now, huh? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Roles have turned. <laughs> and I keep telling payback is coming. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Well, I think I've taken enough of your time today. This has been a great conversation. You're very wise. You're very wise. So Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. It's been fun to talk to you and get to know you kind of on a different level and a different side of you. I agree. Thanks so much for having me. And I think this is a different conversation than I'm used to having. And it was very much enjoyable. Thank you again, Erin Carney. Again, she is the Executive Vice President of the Colorado Cattlemen's Association, my guest here on the show today. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Ag Queen Podcast with your host, Lori Boyer.